0: So tonight, we're going to continue our series that we started just a few weeks ago, or last week, actually, not a few weeks ago, fighting the right fight. And the thing that we want to talk about is how so often, right, we put so much time and energy into fighting for something, fighting against something, trying to scratch our way out in this world. Um, But often, we're fighting the wrong fight, right? We're not fighting for the right thing. And so um, tonight we're going to continue that. And what I want to talk about is keeping up with the Joneses. You guys ever heard that, that saying, you know, keeping up with the Joneses? And it's just kind of this idea and this mentality that what we do is we measure our lives based off the lives of those around us. And what we endeavor to do is not fight for what God has for us, but fight for what they have, right? Our, Our eyes are not focused on him so often, but focused on Who's around us? What's around us? Um, and I struggle with those all the time, right? When I see somebody get something nice and shiny and new, I love new things, man. Um, and uh, yeah, I want, right? Um, anytime a, a new electronic device comes out, a new iPhone or something, I have to fight the urge to go get a phone that I don't need. We all have those struggles, right? Amazon has built an empire, off of our impulses to keep up with people around us, right? To buy the new thing and, and to, to, to catch the new trend. And, and it becomes this constant pursuit, this constant fight uh, to fill our closets with crap that we don't need, to fill our attics. Um, we, the storage unit industry in our country is ridiculous, and it is a testament to the fact that we put so much stock in, in crap we don't need. I say, I mean, how much money do you waste, I mean, uh, people waste on just storing stuff? Storing for what reason? For who? You don't see it for years, right? And, and that, that's what we do, though, time and time again. And, and we've all been guilty of it, right? It's hard. It's hard, but we've got to learn to fight the right fight. And it's not to accumulate stuff, to have a, an empire of junk, right? Um, but to, to continue to fight um, for generosity, right? To, to fight Here's a novel idea. Rather than buying a storage unit to store your crap for the next six years, give it away to a family in need, right? To fight to be generous, right? Fight to to benefit the people around us. And so we're going to talk about that, keeping up with the Joneses, and we're going to talk about an excessive desire for material things. Now, I do want to say there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. There's nothing wrong with, with having. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. There's something wrong when it has you, right? When it becomes the priority in our lives. And for different reasons, we all fall into this. I know me personally, um, I'm going to be real transparent here with you for just a moment. It's going to make me sound a little feminine. Please don't take it that way. Um, I have an issue with shoes. I like, I like nice shoes. I, I like boots, um, things like that. And, and the reason being, can, can I be honest with you, growing up, that was something I didn't have a lot of. I got a lot of hand-me-downs. And so I hate, hate nasty shoes. My wife, I get on her, like, buy the kids new shoes. Like, I don't care. We won't eat this week. Like, it's just a big deal to me, right? And it's this mental thing. And so sometimes it comes from this place of brokenness, right? Maybe we grew up without something, and there's a wound there. And we try to feel that wound with whatever it may be, um, but it, it doesn't satisfy us, right? And we just keep pursuing it, and it becomes just greed in our lives, and it becomes excessive. It becomes controlling. It becomes domineering, and it's the wrong fight. It's the wrong fight. We have to learn to fight the right fight, and this may surprise many of you. You know, as I study for this, um, if I were to ask you, like, what's the thing that Jesus talked about the most? Anybody got something want to throw out there? Huh? Love? Love's one. Anybody else? Huh? Wrath, wrath. I mean, we we would think, you know, like love, forgiveness, mercy, right? Um, You know, things like that. But but when we look at our Bible, not just the New Testament, let's look at the Bible overall, there are more than 2,300 verses on money, wealth, and possessions. Money, wealth, and possessions. Now, that's a little odd when you really begin to break it down because um, that that wouldn't be what you would think. And when you look at the teachings of Jesus, um, about 11 of his 39 parables um, centered on this. Roughly 15% of his preaching was on money, wealth, and possessions, right? And and I'm not here to get an offering from you guys so you can calm down a little bit. You know, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, but, But this was a big deal to Jesus. Why? Because it's one of the number one contenders for our heart right? It's more, more people will miss church service or not, not be engaged or connected here because they got to go work a few extra hours, make a little bit money. You know, like, man, I would really love to read my Bible, but work so busy. Well, that, that, I'm talking to you tonight. I'm talking to you. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with the w- living, nothing wrong with taking care of your family. Actually, it's biblical. You should work. You should seek to provide. Those are biblical things. We should work. But if you're neglecting the things of God, if you're, if you're forsaking the gathering because you're always going to work and you're always missing it, man, something else has your heart. Something else is getting in the way. I mean, I've seen I see people pray for things. They'll pray for things and they, they ask God, man, bring me this, and then they get it. They get what they've been praying for. Maybe it's a house, but then they have to work to keep up with the payment they can't afford. Well, what's happened, man? What's happened? I mean, God becomes second and now the thing that you prayed for has taken his place and it's consuming your time and you're no longer showing up for the things that you were. You're no longer engaged in the things of God. You're no longer praying. You're no longer reading your Bible because you're keeping up with the Joneses instead of keeping up with God. You're fighting the wrong fight. It happens in an instance and we lose perspective. We lose direction and it allows us to fall backwards. It's a dangerous trap. It's a dangerous trap. God made a big deal out of money because we make a big deal out of it, right? Again, it contends for our heart. Our key passage tonight comes from 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter six. We're gonna be in verses six through 11 um, to kind of set the stage for what I wanna talk about. 1 Timothy is a letter written by the apostle Paul um, to his spiritual son, um, Timothy. And it goes, it starts like this. It says, yet true godliness with contentment Is itself great wealth. Now, what he was kind of talking about um, was this false teaching going around um, and and people really like leveraging the gospel just for wealth. Um, So he says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Let us be content. You know, it's amazing. Um, I meant to grab the statistics because I love numbers, but generational wealth typically doesn't last, right? We, we've spent all this time trying to build up wealth for our family, and it's a good thing to leave to your children and your grandchildren. It's biblical, but oftentimes it's squandered, right? So, so what did we really leave them? You know, the most valuable thing that we can leave them is a legacy of faith right, to make that the priority. Um, I see so many people, they store up um, garbage and junk. Uh, my grandpa, I remember, he, he hoarded um, all sorts of stuff. And when he passed in the early 2000s, we brought in a backhoe, we dug the coals, we shoved an entire barn into a hole and lit it on fire. No joke. We're redneck like that. We're like, Grandpa, nobody wants your crap. We love you. We miss you. Um, let's start a fire, right? Um, and That may hurt some of you, right, that have been really wanting to give your grandchildren the dual, dualies or what are those little crocheted things or, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> little glass figurines in the cur- curio cabinet. Nobody wants that crap. Like, uh, invest in things that matter, right? <laughs> invest in stuff that people want. We build up this legacy of, of stuff, and we want, and we want, and we want. Um, it becomes obsolete. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Right? And so he says, listen, you came into this world with nothing. And we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Not one possession of yours will go with you. Not one possession. Do you know the one thing you can take with you? People. People, we fight. Again, we fight to, to build up this storehouse of wealth, of, of things, and money, and it's all getting left behind. Um, but when I fight for people, my friends, my siblings, to be saved, they get to come with me. When I fight for people in my community to have a relationship with Jesus, they get to come with me, right? And, and that's what we have to begin to, to understand and to realize. And so we have to fight the right fight. He goes on, he says this, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge, plunge them into ruin and destruction. Again, people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. People who, who have eyes for, for just wealth that, that are distracted, fall into things that, that pull them away from the things of God. We've seen it. I've been guilty of it. I, I was a, a really unhealthy workaholic. Now I'm just a slightly unhealthy workaholic. Um, but in that, it would lead me to decisions that were destructive to my family. Destructive to my family or, or underhanded or selfish and things like that. And that's what he's talking about. It didn't lead to godliness. He goes on, he says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now again, not money. There's nothing wrong with wealth. Nothing wrong with wealth. Anybody who tells you that there is is a liar or jealous of what you may have. There's nothing wrong with having, but the love for it, right? When it has you, that, that's a problem. That's a problem. So the, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the truth, uh, true faith, and pierced themselves with many sorrows goes on and says, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. So again, tonight, I want I to talk about the excessive pursuit of stuff. I want to talk about greed. What I want to talk about is truth regarding our pursuit for wealth that I believe will help us keep fighting the right fight. And I think this is so important for those of us coming um, out of rougher lifestyles and and things like that, Uh, because for many of us, me included, I didn't have. So that became my sole pursuit, and I thought that it would fix everything. I thought it would fix my relationships. I thought it would um, fix my addiction problems and my lifestyles. And and so if you're coming from a, a past like mine, um don't, don't fall into the trap I fell into of fighting the wrong fight for so long. And, and then if you're not, it's so easy to get caught up in these things in the world, right? And to pursue the, the next new thing, the next exciting thing, to build up storehouse upon storehouse upon storehouse. That makes no difference in eternity. And so um, I want to look again at three truths. We're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 6 for the duration of the message. Um, and so this is a part of Jesus' sermon on the mount. And he's talking about wealth in here. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to be in verse 19 starting. And he says this, don't store up treasures here on earth. Plain and clever. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Where a moth eat them. And rusts destroy them, and where thieves break in and still Store your treasure in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and still, In verse 21, he says this, wherever, say wherever. wherever. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Wherever your treasure is. You know, you can tell a lot about a person, what matters to them, if you were to look at their bank account and where they spend their money. And so, if I were to look at some of your bank's account, we'd probably see that Starbucks is very important to you. Um, many people give more to Starbucks than they do the the work of God right I mean let's just be honest here um it's like can't can't tithe can't can't give to grow the church or grow the ministry um but I can buy a twelve dollar coffee every day um you know we do those things and and I've not been guilty of that because Starbucks is awful um uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, C4, right, or uh, Amazon, and we do these things, and, and, and when we begin to look at where we spend our money, right, we can begin to see where our heart's at. So, I mean, is there, is there anything going towards the work of God? You profess with your mouth that you love the Lord? You confess with your mouth that this is important, that, that the work of God is important, that um, you love the church, right, and, and the body of Christ? Do you make a contribution To that, right? You invest any time here, right? Maybe you just don't have. You have nothing. I've been there. I've been there where, man, you couldn't squeeze a dollar out of me, right? But where was I spending my time? Where was I putting my effort? You know, was I was I on Netflix all evening and not investing in in my reading? And this can go any number of ways, right? Where where are we spending our time? Where are we spending our energy? Where are we spending our money? Where the treasures of your Heart is, your desires, there your heart will be, right? Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. It matters. It's important. Jesus, he wants your heart. Jesus wants your heart, and he can't have what you've already given to the world, right? If you keep giving it away elsewhere, you're not giving him the opportunity to move. Point number one is this. Money and possessions, they contend for our heart. Money and possessions contend for our heart. The reason it's talked about so much in the Bible, um, and, and Jesus spoke about it so much, is it's a spiritual issue. Money and possessions are a spiritual issue. They, they contend for our heart, the thing that Jesus wants. And if, if the enemy's going to leverage something against you, oftentimes it's that. It, it, it's so easy to convince you that that's valuable more valuable than what he has for you. And we fall into that trap, and and we don't realize every time, every time we place that above God, we're we're falling victim to this idolatry. We're we're worshiping it, and we're we're giving away the one thing that Jesus wants from us, which is our heart. So we have to realize, again, point number one, Money and possessions contend for our harm. Let's look at verse 22 as we continue. It says this Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. It's like, Jesus, where are you going with this? Like you're hitting here and you're talking about where your treasure is, there your, your heart will be. And now your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And it's the light. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Now, who's read this passage before? And who's been completely confused about why he jumped right there, right? I can't even tell you how many times. And so as I was um, prayerfully meditating on this, I was like, God, what are you talking about? You're talking about possessions. And then you start talking about the eyes. And then you jump back to that in a little bit. Um, and, And so there has to be a reason, right? There has to be a reason. And so point number two is this, a misguided pursuit corrupts our whole body. And and so he says, where your desires are, you know, your heart is at. And and your eyes, right, what do they follow? Your desires. Your desires, it's where you're looking. And so if you're always looking towards things of the world, right, and, and your eyes are focused on how you can, you know, get the next thing, make the next dollar, how often are they looking up to God? How often are they looking down at his word, right? And, and so what happens is our eyes, they lead us in a misguided pursuit that brings corruption to our whole body, to our whole body. I know um, before ministry, uh, I had a sign business. I know I've talked about that before, and, and I did okay, right? I wasn't suffering. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't like super wealthy, but always had cash in my pocket, always had cash in the bank. Um, but I wouldn't really focus on, on any of this, right? There, I was corrupt. I was corrupt. And I I was here for years in the middle of it, but I was so unhealthy because that's what I spent more time on. I can't even tell you how many times a day I would open the banking app. It was an unhealthy thing. Um, I remember uh, whatever bank I was using, I think it was IBC, like counted it. And it's like, you know, you'd opened it up like 150 times since like whatever the estate was and it'd be like a few days ago. That's not funny. That's sad. I didn't have that much going in and out, right? But it consumed me. It consumed me how much time I would spend on QuickBooks in my balance sheets. What was coming in, what was going out, who owed me what? Hours upon hours of my day. If I wasn't working, I was tracking. They owe me they owe me. When are they going to pay me? This coming up on 30 days, coming up on 60 days. And I was so unhealthy. I had, had an unhealthiness in my heart towards women. I had an unhealthiness in my heart towards my children, um, towards my family. Um, I made all sorts of excuses. I didn't give to the work of God. I give more now, making far less than I gave then, making far more. Far more. I, I'd have more money then in my bank account than I'm able to give an entire year now. And I wouldn't give even it to the church and to the work of God. Made all sorts of excuses I can't. I won't, I don't have it, I don't struggle. And here's the thing, it's it's not about amounts. It's about what had my heart, right? And you don't have to give a lot or invest a lot, but it's just it just reveals so much. It reveals so much and, and my eyes were always on on my dollar. And they were never on my God. It was always on my stuff. But never on him. I spent no time in my word. I spent no time in prayer. I remember one time I got my my phone bill from Sprint, or what a bill. It was like a your year in review. I had spent 32 days on the phone that year. None of it was ministering to people. It was all business. No business, it had me, it consumed me. And though on the outside, I should have been in the best place in my life, should have been in the most comfortable, I was the most miserable person you'd ever meet. And I believe as you read that, that's what it's talking about, right? That your eye is like a lamp that provides light to your body. Like what are you pursuing? What are you, what are you going after? What are you focused on? And when your eye is healthy, your body's filled with light. When you're focused on what's good and right and of God, it's good. You're good, right? You're, you're aligned with him. Your, your spirit's healthy, right? Your, your soul is, is renewed, right? And, and that's when, you're, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, when your pursuit is wrong, your focus is misplaced, your whole body's filled with darkness, And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. If you look at your life and where it's at, and you think, thank God that I have all of this. But what if you're really just in darkness? What if you don't have anything, and it just has you? What if you've been fighting the wrong fight? What if you've placed a greater emphasis on all of that? and the enemy has you right where he wants you just waiting to rip it all away and to leave you wondering <laughs> what happened again a misguided pursuit corrupts our whole body let's look at verse 24 as we continue he says this verse 24 no one say no one no one, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other you will be devoted to one and despise the other, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now again, people have, have misquoted this, um, misrepresented God's word here. You can have money and be devoted to God. You, you can be wealthy. I want to emphasize that, and the reason I do is because there, there's people out there that teach that you, being a Christian, you need to be in poverty, and I, I just don't think that's accurate. But again, if it has you, There's an issue there, right? And and so he says, again, you can't serve two masters. You'll hate one, you'll love the other. You can't be devoted to one, you'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And so having two masters, it's not like working two jobs, right? I can't be wholly devoted to my greed and wholly devoted to God. I just can't. There's gonna be times where they contend for one another. There's gonna be times, maybe your boss says, hey, listen, I need you to work every single Sunday from here on out. And you don't bat an eye because you want that next promotion, right? And you're like, yeah, I know my wife um, was really wanting me to, to go to church with her and spend some time leading my kids spiritually. But, you know, I really got to climb that corporate foot ladder. Um, so, you know, I just have to go home and tell everybody my boss didn't leave me any choice. And, uh, you know, I just, I can't go to church anymore. That's ridiculous. You're a liar. You're making the wrong choice. That plain and simple. Right? We can't just, we can't just... We can't fail our pursuit of God because of whatever we're pursuing over here. You can't serve both. You've got to draw lines in the sand sometimes, and they may be uncomfortable. Again, I mean, I wouldn't want to go to my boss and, and have that conversation. Hey, I know you said this, but it ain't happening. What if you've got to walk away? What you've got to find a new job? One that allows you to lead your family the way you're called to lead your family? And be present where you're called to be present. Sometimes that's difficult. <clears throat> Having two masters is not like working two jobs. We must decide whom we'll serve. Must decide. It's not up for debate, right? You have to draw lines in the sand when it comes to the things of God. You lay out a prayer time. And if anything gets in the way of that, especially pursuit of stuff, maybe you're falling into greed, right? Lay out. We're we're going to church as a family, and I'm not going to allow things to get in the way of this week after week. Whatever it may be, and decide this this is important. This is what God's called me to do, and I'm drawing lines in the sand. I'm going to fight the right fight. I'm going to fight for the right thing, right? We must decide whom we'll serve. Because if you don't, if you don't, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to realize that it has you and that it's had you for a long time. And all of the things that you wanted, all of the things you thought you were pursuing, meant nothing in the end. Meant nothing in the end. He continues. And Jesus says this in verse 25. He says, this is why I tell you. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to drink, enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? And isn't your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. It says this in verse 33 Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. He will give you everything you need. Um, I I can tell you from personal experience, and again, my wife and I, if you think I'm up here and like, we don't struggle. We got six kids to feed. Inflation's high. You should see our grocery bill. It's ridiculous. Like, I get that these things are hard, right? It's hard to say. There's certain things I won't do. I remember early on, one of the greatest things my wife did for us and our family. Um, I'm I'm a gifted graphic designer. I can make signs like no other. It's like printing money. It's beautiful. Beautiful thing. My wife looked at me and she said, "You, you have to pick. You have to pick. You can... You can pursue ministry or you can pursue business, but you won't pursue both and be married to me. Flat out. And there's times where I want to go to her and be like, honey, are you sure? Like, I mean, car's getting a little sketchy. Like, I can go make some, make some scratch. But it's, it's no. It's, it's that thing that she's, she's helped me to see that it, it can't dominate. I can't live that way. I can't consume every hour pursuing a paycheck at the expense of my wife, at the expense of my children, at the expense of my obligations to God in the church, right, that we have to draw lines in the stand. We have to decide whom we'll serve and what those places are. And again, it's to seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he'll give you what you need. I can't tell you how many times that that's been true, and I'm not gonna say I've gotten some big checks in the mail I wasn't expecting because that didn't happen but I've been surprised at how long vehicles have lasted when they shouldn't have, right? <laughs> I mean, and things like that. I had the sketchiest, sketchiest vehicle. I mean, just he just kept going, kept going. I mean, but God's just faithful. God's faithful. God's faithful. And I'm not gonna say, man, you do these things, you're gonna be just wealthy. It's gonna be great. No, but you're gonna have more joy in your life. You're gonna have more stability in your life spiritually. You're gonna have a better foundation when we align our right, when we fight the right fight, it's not about crap. It's not about stuff. It's about serving God. Don't, don't let your past, don't let what you've come from distract you from that truth. It's not about that. You came from the wrong side of the tracks, I did too. Pursuing stuff didn't fix any of that. Pursuing God did. If you have a lot, if that's you, you maybe you know It didn't didn't bring you any more happiness, right? But God does. God brings joy in our lives, right? When we look at Galatians 5.23, fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Ain't no paycheck ever brought that in my life, right? Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you all that you need. I love this. Another pastor said this. I believe it was Craig Groeschel this weekend. I saw it quoted online. I love it. it. just happened to fit with what we're talking about. He said this, at the end of your life, you won't regret the stuff you didn't have. Nobody's laying on their bed dead. Thinking, oh, I wish I would have bought that iPhone 15. <laughs> not one person. Not one person is in that position thinking about what they didn't buy. You know what they're thinking about? Missed opportunities with family. Right? They're they're regretting a life that wasn't lived in submission to God. Some of them are fearful that they'll spend eternity in damnation because they forsook everything about him, right? Those are the kind of things that are going through people's minds. I wish I had one more day to hold my children, to love my wife. Again, no one at the end of their life is regretting the stuff they didn't buy. I want us to do this. Just right where you're at, if you would, just uh, bow your heads, close your eyes. I want you to begin to spend a moment with God just in regards to this. Ask him, I mean, is this something that has you, right? When we talk about fighting the right fight, when we talk about fighting the right fight, are you fighting the right fight? Does your stuff have you? Or are you seeking the kingdom of God above all else? Father God, I thank you, Lord, for each and every person that's present. Lord, I thank you for the way that you love them. I thank you for calling them. Lord, I thank you for speaking truth to them. Lord, I pray that that you would help each of us to receive what you have for us, God, to open our eyes and our ears to you, to your plan, to your purpose, to your truth, to your call. And I thank you, Father, for loving us. Help us to see the idolatry in our lives. Help us to see greed, Lord, and help us to be generous. And we just thank you, Father, for just moving in our lives in such a way. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. Well, when we show up, Right? We can't just be hearers of the word, but we need to be doers of the word. So we have some action steps for you. Number one, pray for a heart of gratitude towards what you have. You, you may not have a lot. I've been there. We should be grateful for whatever it is. Pray for a heart of gratitude. Two, learn to be content with what you have. Learn to be content. I'm not saying you can't pursue nicer things and, and work. Hard work is biblical. God's called us to it, right? Now, he has. But he's also called us to be content with wherever we're at, too, and to not make that pursuit our number one cause in life. And number three, look for opportunities to be generous. Look for opportunities to be generous with your time and with your money. And so all of this, everything we talk about here It's centered around Jesus, right, that relationship with him. And when we talk about having just a heart of gratitude, right, fighting against that greed, I'm going to tell you from experience, it requires the Holy Spirit to move. And so if you're here and you're not a Christian, right, you're you're fighting with your hands tied behind your back. You're, You're not fully equipped. You need the Spirit of God to help you. You need him to move. And so if you're in here and you've never made that decision, right, to make Jesus Lord of your life, to make him the number one, well, you're still a slave to the world. But if you're in here and you want to make that decision tonight, the greatest decision, here in just a moment, we're going to have some people down here at the front, and they would love to pray with you and for you so you can make the greatest decision of your life, the decision to become a Jesus follower. If you're in here and you've done that before, gotten off track, missed it, messed up, and you want to come back home, man, I'm sick and tired of being out there. Can I recommit? Absolutely. My same offer stands for you too. Here in just a moment, we'd have some people down here. They would love to pray with you and for you. And then maybe you need a white chip. God's just been pressing you and saying that right there. That has your heart. You say that I'm Lord, but that's Lord. And you realize you need to set it down tonight. If that's you, here in just a moment, I wanna encourage you to come pick up a white chip. There's nothing special about it. It's a piece of plastic, but there's something significant about when we act in faith, knowing that God's gonna move and we surrender it to him. That's what this represents. So if that's you, I wanna encourage you to come pick up a white chip. And lastly, if you're in here and you just need prayer, this is a house of prayer. We would love to pray for you. We would love for you to come down so we can pray with you. So for any of those things, give your life to Jesus for the very first time to recommit, to pick up a white chip, or just to receive prayer, I want to invite you down front. And if everybody would, stand to your feet as we close in worship.